my name is Maddie Price. I'm Gretchen Johnson. I'm Liz Perez, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Crunk Feminist Collective, the CFC, and we'll, which is a collective in, that creates space of support and camaraderie for hip-hop generations, feminists of color, queer, and straight, within the academy and without, by building a rhetorical community in which we can discuss our ideas, express our crunk feminist selves, fellowship with one another, debate and challenge one another, and support each other as we struggle together to articulate our feminist goals, ideas, visions, and dreams in ways that are both personally and professionally beneficial. So I think this is very important to me as a woman because, you know, you always have struggles in day-to-day life that you just kind of want to talk to someone about. Like, oh my gosh, can you believe that this guy said this to me? And then you can just be like, yeah, I heard the same exact thing. Like, it's crazy, but it's also a good way to help everyone understand what we're going through. Yeah, definitely to create like a community where everyone can be seen and like, to know that nobody's alone. I think it's especially powerful just how it's not only like queer, straight, academy, non-academy, just like the whole, like it really brings together all the intersections of feminism mm-hmm. when you think about it, because like we have these struggles that are so deeply connected that I feel like often get like pushed aside because of like class or race or something like that. Right. Okay. One of the quotes that we liked in the book said, Black feminism taught us to love ourselves, to fight for a revolution, and to prioritize our own freedom. And that's on page 169. As a woman, it is so important to be able to love yourself because if you don't love yourself, you're not going to be able to love others. So it's very important to be able to love yourself, to fight for yourself, in order to make a better world for not only yourself, but for everyone. Yeah, I also think that, like, um, with loving yourself also comes the idea of, like, loving your own self-identity and, like, acknowledging that, like, you are capable of, like, growing to the things that you aspire as well as, like, settling for the things that you are now. So a lot of, like, forgiving yourself for what you aren't but also like accepting yourself for what you are and I feel like especially like with prioritizing our freedom this is extremely like evident um in the ways that we choose to interact with each other and interact with ways in which we can um really create a difference in our societies so another quote that we chose (laughs) is on page 179 and it is um language that humiliates demonizes objectifies and threatens is a form of violence and i feel like this is especially like evident in the hip-hop area as well as rap and music because as like young women femmes um we're constantly exposed to music that talks about the objectification of ourselves of our sisters and ways in which like I don't know I feel like it kind of like makes you like from a very young age feel kind of like like an outsider looking into the world of man because it's it's all over music it's bitch cunt whore it's just crazy stuff like and you internalize that stuff Mm -hmm. you're like oh these guys are totally all right with calling that am I really am I really a whore 
Yeah. Like, it makes you really think. And then it's not just in music. Like, you can be walking down the street and someone will call you a whore. No, like, yeah. It's so scary. I feel like it's definitely mainstream, not only music, but, like, media, like, movies, TV shows, everyday life. Like, but you don't ever see the objectification of men the same way you see the objectification of women in media. Never. And I feel like I read something the other day, and it was saying about how, like, well, this is kind of, okay, well... What I read, I feel, relates to this because it was essentially saying that, like, people who consume violent porn are more likely to become violent abusers Mm -hmm. and, like, act upon that and take advantage of women, children, and, like, minorities, in a sense. And I feel like just, like, the overall consumption of media that we have really impacts, like, how we interact with each other. And I don't know. I think that when I read, like, the fact that, like, language objectifies and, like, threatens is a form of violence... And I think about how, like, men will use these, like, derogatory terms on us. When we try to reclaim them, all of a sudden it's like, they're crazy. Why are they doing that? Like, don't they know that that's, like, a horrible thing to say about themselves? Right. Yeah. It's like we wouldn't have to reclaim it if you hadn't made it a horrible word in the first place. But. So. We're going to take a moment of silence. which is going to be, when we locate our silence, confront it, hold it close, and wrestle it with compassion and ferocity, that is when the silence sinks in. That is how we make space for our stories, one at a time, all at once, unapologetic, and true. So, I feel like when we speak about our experiences, I feel like that encourages others to speak up about their experiences. So... If you're feeling brave enough to talk about something bad that happened to you, like when you get catcalled in the street or when someone makes a comment about you or if your friends are talking about you, there's like, if you, even if you don't relate, you can offer someone like a shoulder to cry on or like an empathetic ear. So as long as you speak up, I feel like you're benefiting not only yourself, but the others around you. Well, that's something we've seen recently with like the Me Too movement and any other social media movement that has been empowering like that. I also feel like it is important to take time for yourself, reassess your boundaries. Like, sometimes, like, sometimes our experiences are a lot for us to handle, and it's really important for us to know that, like, what you're feeling is temporary, especially in regards to, like, harm and negativity. Those feelings are temporary. You can hold it, you can kiss it, you can kiss it goodbye. And I think it's just so important that, like, we really have time to, like, sit in our feelings, take that moment of silence, and then when we're ready, like, reassess, come out into the world, find a community of people who can, like, relate or who could benefit. And maybe speaking up about this, like, could help you, like, in an essence, or it could also help, like, someone else. Because I know a lot of people would be scared to speak up about an experience they might have had. But at the end of the day, while it is scary, it's really only 
harming yourself and your own mental state. And I think people just need to be encouraged to be brave, like unapologetic and true. Speak your truth, speak what you believe in, stand up for what you believe in, stand up for others. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important if we're going to make big change in society. Definitely, especially it's hard to come out and say something if you think you're alone. So if you know that there's other people who support you who've been through what you've been through and who are going to help you grow from what you've been through, that's really, it makes it a lot easier to process. And relating to feminism, like, even though we might have different experiences from each other because of, like, racial identities and, like, nationality or something, something arbitrary like that, at the end of the day, like, we experience something similar to a degree and I think it's important to realize that, like, feminism in and of itself is not a one-size-fits-all approach to, like, life and that um, one person's one person's experience with something could be different from another, but both of them are equally as important. Exactly. And so another quote we have is, to deal with black women's struggles would be to have have to confront issues of male privilege, rampant sexism, and copious amounts of sexual and physical violence perpetrated on black women at the hands of black men. And I think that this is super important for us to really read. And like, it was definitely a hard read because it's like, obviously like in communities, you want to feel safe. And when I think about this and I think about um, the things that we've learned about in class, about the communities that are built, it's kind of upsetting to know that like, your brothers would turn on their sister and so it's like in this like in this sense it makes me think about the overall nature of a patriarchy and how male feel the need to be dominating domineering over women and I really think about I'm reflecting on that reading we did about the matriarchy do you guys remember that one yeah, yeah. it was the uh mama's baby papa's baby yes yeah. yes that one was I don't know. I've been, I think about that when I read it and I think about how in it, I remember we did the song thing and I talked about how there's this one song by Wolf Alice and it's like, um, I'm alone, but you're still here. And it basically talks about how like the mother is willing to like give everything for her child, even though she knows that like one day he will be the one like causing violence onto her. Mm -hmm. And then something that was kind of like heartbreaking in this section of the book this blog was what they said like on page 150 what will it take for black men to stop telling a lie that our desire to be included is a call for black men's exclusion and that was just really hard to take because i didn't realize people thought like that like and to include someone else is to exclude another group but i feel like that just goes against the whole idea of inclusion i think inclusion needs to bring everyone together it's not you deserve to get included but you have to be excluded I just, I don't understand that mentality, and to realize that people actually think that way was really heartbreaking. I think also to stem off of this, I don't know what page it was on, but I do know for a fact there was a part where she touched on how men, like, we expect men to have our backs in situations, um, especially in situations where we're being threatened by men, and that's what happened in the book, and she was just waiting desperately for somebody for another man in the room to stand up and defend her because she knew that if she defended herself, it wasn't going to get her anywhere because she's a woman and it was a man. Like, there, there's a clear winner in the battle physically. Um, but a lot of, 
I feel like it's really just sad that a lot of men will say, oh, it's not me, but they aren't willing to defend against the men that are doing the violence and such. And that kind of plays into the, like, but not all men are bad stereotype. Because, like, if you're not willing to speak up, then you're contributing to the problem. Similar to, like, when people are like, um, but not all cops. So, like, mm-hmm. I feel like this is, there's just a lot of overlap, obviously, because this is a book about, like, black feminism. But, like, in all aspects of it, it's important for our, like, activism, feminism to be intersectional and really take into consideration all different, like, social identities. Exactly. And then finally, I have a quote that I want to read to wrap up this podcast. So on page 156, the quote is, Only we can stem the tide by showing up for one another, showing out for one another, loving on ourselves and each other, marching, agitating, organizing, and supporting each other. We've always been here, and we are the ones we've been waiting for. I just really like this quote because it just shows that we have to stand together. We can't be divided based on any other background that we may have or any other ideas that we might hold because at the end of the day we are women or we identify as women um so in order to make a change we all have to come together and while it might not be easy it's really something that we have to do yeah and that makes me think about um in another reading that we did the plantations to presidency on how in the reading it talked about white women like overlooking a black woman's struggles in terms of like getting the right to vote because they were at the hand because they were accomplices to the male oppressors and this sort of made me like this quote from the book that maddie just read makes me think about the importance of really like understanding our identities not as like um not as like monofaceted and more as like a multifaceted nuanced perspective because we are so much more than a monolithic idea I also had that part highlighted in my book, actually. Amazing. And I think, I mean, we've just been reiterating it the whole time, pretty much, that we all have to work together because that's the society we've been in, that women can't individually make change, so we need to do it together. It's a collective effort. I just, I mean, we talked about it a lot because it's important to emphasize. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that's the key. Like, once we all, you know, get rid of our differences, get rid of our biases, like, hey, we all deserve this. Mm-hmm. We all should work toward it. Let's work together. For That's sure. so important. Okay. So overall, I think the CFC was a very important book to read. Um, it opened my eyes to many different perspectives, and I would definitely suggest it to anybody who asks. Yeah, definitely anybody who wants any more knowledge on feminism or, you know, read that. It's also, like, not just, maybe you're not a feminist, maybe you just want to read the book. It's just, like, really, I don't know, I really liked how it put me more in touch with my femininity and, like, really gave me power to it, like, feeling proud to be like, oh, I'm capable of making this type of change, starting something new, stuff like that. I really appreciated. I don't know about y'all, but I thought it was, like, an easy read. I like I the way it that it's written, because most of the time when you think about, like, a scholarly or like anything like theory blah 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 um that it's going to be fancy and big words and hard to read and it wasn't it was really relatable and honestly didn't take me long to read it wasn't hard to comprehend so i really appreciated that and i think the authors did a great job of that 
Yeah, because it was, like, developed from blog essays. It was, like, mm-hmm. broken up into, like, multiple parts. Um, so it was easy to read, and it was like, oh, I'm flying through this. But it was honestly great. Yeah. Well, that's all we have. Um, we hope that you all enjoyed our podcast, learned something new, liked listening to our thoughts. I think we're pretty fun. I think we are. are. Read the book. Read the book. (laughs) Read it. Okay, bye. Bitch, you know I'm sexy. Uh, Don't call, just text me. Bitches slow can't get on my screen. They stare because they know I'm the I C G I R L. You know I am that girl. Shh, bitch, don't kiss and tell.